The French Revolution, A History, by Thomas Carlyle, Volume 2, The Constitution. Book 6, The Marseillaise, Chapter 5, At Dinner. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Peter Dan. Book 6, Chapter 5, At Dinner. It was a bright day for Charenton, that twenty-ninth of the month, when the Marseillaise brethren actually came in sight. Barbaroux, Santerre and Patriots have gone out to meet the grim wayfarers. Patriot clasps dusty Patriot to his bosom. There is foot-washing and refection, dinner of twelve hundred covers at the blue dial, cadron bleu, and deep interior consultation that one wots not of. Consultation, indeed, which comes to little, for Santerre, with an open purse, with a loud voice, has almost no head. Here, however, we repose this night. On the morrow is public entry into Paris. On which public entry, the day historians, diurnalists, or journalists, as they call themselves, have preserved record enough. Our Saint-Antoine, male and female, and Paris generally, gave brotherly welcome, with bravo and hand-clapping in crowded streets, and all passed in the peaceablest manner, except it might be our Marseillaise pointed out here and there a ribboned cockade, and beckoned that it should be snatched away, and exchanged for a wool one, which was done. How the mother society in a body has come as far as the Bastille ground to embrace you. How you then wend onwards, triumphant, to the town hall, to be embraced by Mayor Pétion, to put down your muskets in the barracks of Nouvelle-France, not far off, then towards the appointed tavern in the Champs-Élysées to enjoy a frugal patriot repast. Of all which the indignant Tuileries may, by its tickets of entry, have warning. Red Swiss look doubly sharp to their chateau grates, though surely there is no danger. Blue grenadiers of the Fille St. Thomas section are on duty there this day, men of Agio, as we have seen, with stuffed purses, ribboned cockades, among whom serves Weber. A party of these latter, with captains, with sundry fouillant notabilities, Moreau de Saint-Mary of the Three Thousand Orders and others, have been dining, much more respectably, in a tavern hard by. They have dined and are now drinking loyal patriotic toasts, while the Marseillaise, national patriotic merely, are about sitting down to their frugal covers of Delft. How it happened remains to this day undemonstrable, but the external fact is, certain of these fee St. Thomas grenadiers do issue from their tavern, perhaps touched, surely not yet muddled with any liquor they have had, issue in the professed intention of testifying to the Marseillaise or to the multitude of Paris patriots who stroll in these spaces that they, the fee St. Thomas men, if well seen into, are not a whit less patriotic than any other class of men whatever. It was a rash errand. For how can the strolling multitudes credit such a thing, or do other indeed than hoot at it, provoking and provoked, till grenadier sabres stir in the scabbard and a sharp shriek rises, A new Marseillaise! Help, Marseillaise! Quick as lightning, for the frugal repast is not yet served, that Marseillaise tavern flings itself open by door, by window, running, bounding, vault forth the 517 undined patriots, and sabre flashing from thigh are on the scene of controversy. Will ye parley, ye grenadier captains and official persons, with faces grown suddenly pale, the deponents say? 
advisable were instant moderately swift retreat. The fee of St. Thomas retreat, backs foremost, then alas face foremost at treble quick time, the Marseillais, according to a deponent, clearing the fences and ditches after them like lions. Messieurs, it was an imposing spectacle. Thus they retreat, the Marseillais following. Swift and swifter towards the Tuileries, where the drawbridge receives the bulk of the fugitives, and then suddenly drawn up, saves them, or else the green mud of the ditch does it. The bulk of them, not all, ah, oh, no. Moreau de Saint-Méry, for example, being too fat, could not fly fast. He got a stroke, flat stroke only, over the shoulder blades, and fell prone, and disappears there from the history of the revolution. Cuts also there were, pricks in the posterior fleshy parts, much rending of skirts and other discrepant waste. But poor sub-lieutenant Du Hamel, innocent change-broker, what a lot for him! He turned on his pursuer, or pursuers, with a pistol. He fired and missed, drew a second pistol, and again fired and missed, then ran, unhappily in vain. In the Rue saint Florentin, they clutched him, thrust him through in red rage. That was the end of the new era, and of all eras, for poor Du Amel. Pacific readers can fancy what sort of grace before meat this was to frugal patriotism. Also, how the battalion of the Fia St. Thomas drew out in arms, luckily without further result. How there was accusation at the bar of the assembly, and counter-accusation and defence. Marseillais challenging the sentence of free jury court, which never got to a decision. We ask, rather, what the upshot of all these distracted, wildly accumulating things may, by probability, be. Some upshot, and the time draws nigh. Busy are central committees of federas at the Jacobins' club, of sections at the town hall, reunion of Cara Camilla and company at the Golden Sun, busy like submarine deities, or call them mud gods, working there in the deep murk of waters, till the thing be ready. And how your National Assembly, like a ship waterlogged, helmless, lies tumbling, the galleries of shrill women, of federas with sabres bellowing down on it, not unfrightful, and waits where the waves of chance may please to strand it, suspicious, nay, on the left side, conscious what submarine explosion is meanwhile a-charging. Petition for King's forfeiture rises often there. Petition from Paris section, from provincial patriot towns, from Alençon, Briançon, and the traders at the fair of Beaucaire. Or what of these? On the 3rd of August, Mayor Pétion and the municipality come petitioning for forfeiture. They openly in their tricolour municipal scarves. Forfeiture is what all patriots now want and expect. All Brissartans want forfeiture, with the little prince royal for king and us for protector over him. Emphatic Federes ask the legislature, can you save us or not? Forty-seven sections have agreed to forfeiture, only that of the fee of St. Thomas pretending to disagree. Nay, section more conseil declares forfeiture to be, properly speaking, come. More conseiller, for one, does from this day, the last of July, cease allegiance to Louis, and take minute of the same before all men. A thing blamed aloud, but which will be praised aloud, and the name Mot Conseiller of ill counsel be thenceforth changed to bon conseiller of good counsel. 
President Danton, in the Cordeliers section, does another thing, invites all passive citizens to take place among the active in section business, one peril threatening all. Thus he, though an official person, cloudy atlas of the whole. Likewise he manages to have that black-browed battalion of Marseillais shifted to new barracks in his own region of the remote southeast. Slick Chaumet, Cruel Biot, Deputy Chabot, the disfrocked, Huginan with the toxin in his heart, will welcome them there. Wherefore, again and again, O oh, legislators, can you save us or not? Poor legislators with their legislature waterlogged, volcanic explosion charging under it. Forfeiture shall be debated on the ninth day of August. That miserable business of Lafayette may be expected to terminate on the eighth. Or will the humane reader glance into the levee day of Sunday the 5th? The last levee. Not for a long time. Never, says Bertrand Molleville, had a levee been so brilliant, at least so crowded. A sad presaging interest sat on every face. Bertrand's own eyes were filled with tears. For indeed, outside of that trickler ribband on the Foyance terrace, legislature is debating. Sections are defiling. All Paris is astir this very Sunday, demanding déchéance. Here, however, within the ribband, a grand proposal is on foot, for the hundredth time, of carrying His Majesty to Rouen and the castle of Gaillon. Swiss at Corbevoie are in readiness. Much is ready. Majesty himself seems almost ready. Nevertheless, for the hundredth time, Majesty, when near the point of action, draws back writes after one has waited, palpitating an endless summer day, that he has reason to believe the insurrection is not so ripe as you suppose. Whereat Bertrand Morville breaks forth into extremity at one of spleen and despair, d'humeur et de désespoir. End of Book 6, Chapter 5